This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... We're very fortunate. We've got a couple of great people on the show today. And uh, Mitch, of course, is uh, my co-host on Wednesdays, and he'll be here in just a moment. And um, we've got a... um, a uh, speaker he's an actor he's done a whole bunch of stuff in his life and he's written the book the power to speak naked and we're going to talk all yes that's what i said the power to speak naked we're going to talk about all that in just a second but first eric how you doing man hey good afternoon kevin i'm doing fine can you imagine having uh, i I was going to say i'm fully dressed but i'm still able to speak (laughs) I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, would you, would you ever consider standing up in front of no. the crowd? No, I wouldn't either. I that's because if the focus is on what you're saying, and if I was naked in front of them, that would not be the focus. Um, so it'd be something totally different. So anyway, it's great to have you here. I, it's sunny now by my house, but earlier it rained like cats and cats. What's going on? It's the fall. <laughs> Or the autumn, however you prefer. It's it's autumn here in the city, and yes, I know. So it's it is it is the weather. What's the weather going to? Is this is this what we get for the rest of the week? Nah, it looks like we've got some sunshine tomorrow and uh, partly cloudy on Friday, but uh, looks like a rainy weekend ahead. And it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Is there any traffic things we need to be aware of? <laughs> well, just that there's plenty of it. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's not like anything is majorly closed down or or no. something that's, that we can actually save somebody several hours if we tell them to go somewhere else. They, they probably just heard the traffic report before we got started. So uh, I'm assuming that <laughs> all the usual spots, you know, are are gnarly yes. at this hour. You know how it is. Well, and that's why we have, we're here at four to entertain you for the entire hour so that as you're going through gnarly traffic, you can maybe even laugh a little bit. And, uh, and Mitch is here, um, and, uh, we'll bring Mitch in real quick. How you doing, buddy? How's your, how's your internet connection? Hey, you know, Kevin, I checked it out. I had a talk with it and, uh, I think we're going to have a successful show on the internet connection side. If I have to do say so myself. Oh, very good. You sound like you're from the East coast suddenly, you know? Yeah, you know. Uh, that's what happens when I start dinking around with the internet and start messing around with wires it just comes out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about that is that, um, we have a, a professional at doing all of these things. He does voiceovers and he does, he's been in, um, several movies, Freddie versus Jason door to door, Carrie, not the first one, the second one. For those of you who don't know, yes, there were two carries. One was uh, in the seventies, and then then this, his was later than I th- at least I think. And the musical Ragtime, he was he was in there as well. Um, and Eric has popped up. How are you? I was just going to say, everybody knows Carrie. Of course, that was what, Chrysler's first self driving car, right? No, that was Christine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's Christine. Can't keep them all straight. <laughs> 
<laughs> All the Stephen King properties. It's still in the horror column, Eric. We'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, but uh, uh, Sean Tyler Foley, affectionately known as STF, is our guest today. And uh, welcome, uh, Mr. Tyler. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well, Kevin. And uh, as always, it's a joy and a pleasure to chat with you. And and you were correct. It was the later Carrie. Uh, uh, although I was born when the first Carrie came out, I was far too young to star in it. So uh, I hate that. I saw it in the theater for the first time when it was <laughs> when it was fully released. And I was actually because that was a uh, um, it had to be over 18 and I was over 18. So, mm -hmm. oh, oh, well, but I, I really enjoy our conversation last time. And I wanted to bring you back onto KKNW because you you are so full of a lot of uh, positive things to say as far as coaching and teaching and and and, and speaking. And um, Mitch is a budding uh, speaker himself. So I thought that it would be um, a good, good uh Good round experience for all of us. So thank you for Well, being you know, anytime I can help a guy from the East Coast, even if he is or isn't from the East Coast, Mitch, you and I are Padres, right? Like, well, we'll figure it out. I'll, I, I got you. I got you. So, so I'm you liking the way this is going right now. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, you two. So, uh, anyway. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody out there right now driving in traffic is listening. Going, what? In the <laughs> I got I to ask you, did you, and I was talking to somebody recently about this, did you take, um, have a dialect coach? Uh, I've had several. Any, yeah. Have you? Yeah. And, um, especially being Canadian and it will come out that we will, I, I'm sure I just did it without. You did. Um, I did. I did. I know when I do it, I hear it. <laughs> um, but that's the thing too. I am, I am hyper aware of, uh, dialects, pronunciation, use of words, uh, how words sound regionally. And uh, growing up, uh, I've had dialect coaches for a couple of different projects. Ironically, my family's from the East Coast of Canada, and there is a very distinct way East Coasters talk, and then an even more distinct way if you're from Newfoundland. And uh, I was in a show uh, where I had to replicate an East Coast accent and really struggled with it actually and it's funny because my family sounds like that but uh growing up in uh western canada i, I didn't really uh take to it very well and um then growing and going through theater and then into film and television particularly when i moved out to the west coast uh i was in vancouver for almost a decade so just north of seattle and having to adopt a quote unquote standard American accent and going through, you know, rough versus roof and uh, out versus out and uh, sorry instead of sorry, which you never say anyway because you're American. So why apologize? <laughs> I, just things like that. It was, it, it's been a really uh, interesting uh, journey. And in fact, I, uh can say it now the last time you and i chit chatted i was on a project that i couldn't talk about that's uh, right but, uh but i was uh, i did film fargo at the beginning of the year and congratulations. so thank you it was really fun and uh and then i had to uh do the minnesota accent minnesota which was which was super fun and and and, and every every time i got to talk like that it was really exciting uh, uh, but, uh, I didn't last very long. I just, I just, I just did the one scene, you know, and, and that was okay. 
there are if you live in the seattle area there are many people that would say, we don't have an accent here ours no, is pretty <laughs> so, so dispel that rumor please oh yeah no all up and down the east coast now the nice thing is is the seattle accent is very close to what um would be classified as the uh middle american neutral accent uh but what it tends to do is slow down a little bit like uh, words get drawn out in the in the the further west you go there's there's this just slow down and then then you get to the exaggerated california accent as you go you know so you travel west and you get a little bit more what we would call standard american and then you get as you start to go down the coast that's when you get the really fun surfer kind of drawl which is influenced from you know you got the southern drawl that comes into there but then you lose a lot of the ahs with it and you just get a little bit more normal but it slows down and there's a rattle in the throat so except yeah, when no. it's, except when they're talking faster if they, it depends on how much cocaine they've had oh that's right yeah but that, then you know you start to get into that's miami and new york and you get the really fast talking yeah no it's it's good times it's good times good times <laughs> i and i've every time i have an actor here i have to i have to ask you um because i think it's in my in my world it's very very important that parents take the time i think um uh, dramatic training is really 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 good for kids uh improvisational acting is dynamically good for you as far as when you grow up and your ability to think on your speed think on <laughs> think on your feet and, let's speak uh, on our think and uh <laughs> exactly do you do you agree with that and, and speak on that for just a moment if you would Oh, absolutely. And I think actually you and I have discussed it a few times on your podcast. So if anybody wants to go back and take a listen to that, I know I've expounded on it a few times. But for our, our listeners coming to us live, um, yes, absolutely. It, uh, I think, had a profound influence on me growing up, growing up in the theater. Um, I was always viewed uh, within my own peer group and social circle as a leader, even though, honestly, I don't feel that I have any true leadership skills, but this one where I can talk really well. And if you can talk really well, you have the ability to explain your thoughts and ideas well. And if you can explain your thoughts and ideas convincingly enough, people will gravitate to them and follow them because you've created a logic uh, connection for them. And I think one of the best ways to do that is having to, first of all, collaborate with other people in a theater environment, particularly a theater sports environment where uh, you're doing improvisational work. And then you, so first of all, the biggest benefit to doing improvisational work and workshops is the forced need to listen. And I think it's an underrated leadership skill that I don't think a lot of people work on regularly. And when you are in any form of improv, it's not necessarily what you say, but how you react to what somebody else said and following those cues and working dynamically together requires a lot of very uh, active listening. And so I think that's one of the biggest leadership skills that you can get from uh, improvisation and working in theater is being able to really truly connect with somebody uh, by listening to them and then responding appropriately and correctly or 
inappropriately and incorrectly as the case may have it. Cause sometimes that's where the best comedy comes is going completely against what the grain, what the norm would expect you to do. And so I, I do really feel that particularly for our kids, uh, one of the biggest um, detriments we can do is take away the arts uh, to their development, particularly in that kind of middle school grounds like that, you know, 11 to 15, where you uh, where you're learning your place in the world and starting to discover yourself and who you are. And, and I think theater gives this incredible ability to expose us to different thoughts, different ideas, allow us to play out scenarios without having to commit to them. Um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of who I am, I, again, I, I owe to the arts. And I think the more we can encourage that within our youth, the better off we are. Thank you. I, I appreciate that because I, I firmly and strongly believe that. And by the way, Mitch is is kind of new with with me and he comes on Wednesdays and he's got a wonderful voice. Could you analyze his voice and tell him whether or not he can be a speaker? Mitch, go ahead. <laughs> what is it that you like me to say to you, Kevin? Would you like me to get real deep on you? I, I, would, I would like you. I would like you to tell me what, how, how, how dynamic of a host I am, and and just fill me full of crap that doesn't exist anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, being on the show, I mean, you say a little bit of time. It's been about six months, and for me, I'm sixty six years old. Six months ain't nothing. Well, okay, all right. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to get an aneurysm or anything here, so, but uh, we're talking yeah. less than than two percent of his entire lifetime, Mitch. Like we're we, we're we're blips, blips yeah. as we are. We're gonna have to slow these conversations down just for Kevin. That's just right. make sure he can really retain them. We don't want and to and perhaps I need an interpreter too would be helpful. Well, and to the original question kevin and to your credit mitch you do have a, a fantastic voice i think you have really good um tenor to it so it's it's uh it's controlled it's not forced uh it is in the lower register which obviously we like right now because that's my register it's where we where it's fun to play <laughs> um i it's funny because my uh mother's husband is a, a former radio dj and every time I get on the radio, all I can think of is James Dodge, Light 96, CHFM. <laughs> and and so I, I take on a little bit of a radio voice because of the training that I got from him. Speaking of coaches, Kevin, I've had, again, many, and he is one. Um, so it, it's, it's fun to hear when people, first of all, adapt a radio voice because we know when we're doing it professionally. I, all three of us can can look in the camera right now we'll look each other in the eye we can admit we all have our radio voice and we all use it when we can and it takes it's a little bit slower it's a little bit lower than if we were having a conversation with friends in our house but uh, see canadianism house um <laughs> i heard it i heard it when i did it i Aren't know about it <laughs> uh, all and the funny thing is is about is one of the few where i can um it has become so Americanized in my vernacular that people in Canada actually think I say it weird, which is funny because I think the people in the States think I say it weird too, because I, I can't commit to which side of the border I'm on when I say about. <laughs> so that. if you, so if you were to assist uh, Mitch and uh, in his speaking career, what would you, what would you tell him 
and when people come to you and ask you to talk about uh, uh, speaking and what you do and and how you do it, what would you what would what would be some good tips that you would give him? Well, the first thing I I wouldn't tell him anything. I'd be asking a lot of questions. So, Mitch, uh, listening, what, yeah, listening. It's amazing that skill. Uh, Mitch, what what would you if you could wave a magic wand? What would you want to talk on? Like on a topic wise? Yes. Um, I mean, I've played around with a lot of different things. Um, oh man, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I've always wanted, I think if I could do anything, I've always wanted to do motivational speaking. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's always been on the speaking side of things. Um, motivating just, yeah, people out there that, uh, indifferent, whether it's job life. So kind of life coach motivation, it's always been something that I've wanted to do at some point, put together some sort of curriculum, where I can, you know, where I can have people come and basically empower people to believe more in themselves and a number of different things. But I guess there's that. Um, yeah. Well, then let me stop you there, Mitch, because I've got my first bit of advice for you, having listened sure. to what you have said. Um, right. the, and that first bit of advice, and I learned this uh, from a, an excellent speaker and coach. He's a, He runs a company called level 52 jason kraus has a wonderful book by the way too if you ever want to pick it up uh it's called 52 people and it was okay. over the course of a year he interviewed a stranger a week no matter where he was he found a new stranger to talk to and through that found connection with 52 different people and he uh he was the first person who really introduced me to the idea that i could be a professional coach and speaker uh, because he, uh, for a time, was a regional director of CTI, Coaches Training International. And he, he introduced me to the whole idea and concept. And as an actor, for a long time, I always thought, well, if you just put a script in front of me, I can speak on anything. Speak on anything. And I would caution you, Mitch, and any of the listeners to Positive Talk Radio, uh, don't speak on anything. Speak on something and speak on something specific. To your next point, Mitch, wanting to be a motivational speaker, any speech can be motivational. Because uh, inherently within the title, we are trying to motivate people to do a thing. And so I think it's really important to remember that it doesn't have to be Tony Robbins rah rah. You don't have to have 10,000 people in a room jumping up and down to the latest, you know, K pop beat and getting their energy up and going to motivate somebody. Uh, in my career as a professional speaker, I speak on two topics, safety and public speaking, and specifically corporate safety and how to create a safety program with total buy-in into uh, and commitment throughout your organization. And I'm very specific. Those are the two streams. They have divided into two streams, but it is two streams and two streams only. So I would encourage you, Mitch, because this was the first bit of advice Jason gave me. Quit thinking you can speak on anything and start speaking on something. And the more specific you can make it, the more impact you'll have. And after we get back from the break, I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit. How about? Wow, you're good. You're listening to sean taylor foley he's an actor he's a speaker he's a trainer he's a wonderful dude and he knows my business better than i do and that's just sad uh we need to take a break you're listening to positive talk radio and i will be we will be right back in just a moment
Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview, and at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is my radio voice. Uh, and we <laughs> we have Sean Tyler Foley, and we've got Mitch Parfit here, and uh, we're having a discussion about. And uh, please continue where you were, sir. Well, as, as we had gone into the break, I had pointed out to Mitch that the more specific you can make your talk, the more universal it will speak to an audience. And uh, that's actually something that I learned uh, studying with Bo Eason. I've had the privilege and honor to do a couple of workshops with him um, as, a, as a facilitator um, and, and be on stage with him. And I just I love watching him talk. And, he, and it's a real thing that he drills in that the more specific uh, you can make your story, the more universal it will resonate with an audience. And one of the things that I've taken away from that, and one of the things that I teach in my book and my courses and all of the rest of that, is that the thing you're afraid to say is very likely what your ideal audience needs to hear. And so one of the things that I would encourage you, Mitch, is to explore over the next you know week and month and year, uh, some of those things that maybe uh, get coveted, and, and start to look at why, because we had talked about leadership uh, in the first segment, 
And I think one of the things that stand makes a leader stand apart from the rest is they're the person who stands up and says the thing first. You know, I think about back in like um, uh, high school and and taking exams, and they started to get you know difficult, and you'd get the multiple choice exam, and your teacher would hand it out, and every once in a while, a teacher would make a mistake on the exam, right? It'd be like two plus two equals five was the only answer. You had five, seven, nine, and 10. And you're like, but two plus two is four. I know two plus two is four, but that was not one of the answers that was there. And you, the whole class, you could feel the tension within the class, but nobody would say something. And then all of a sudden, one person would put up their hand. And they'd be like, uh, excuse me, um, I'm working on question 12 here and, and I, I keep running the math and, you know, two plus two, it should equal four, I think, but it's not. And these are not options that have been given in my multiple choice. And the teacher would look down and they'd be like, oh yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. I made a mistake, hit the wrong button on the keyboard when I was printing up the exam. The correct answer in the answer key is A, but we can all admit that it's not correct. So if you circle five, that's fine. Um, or just, you know, put in a, we know it's not, if you really need it to be correct, scratch it out and before, but what happened as soon as the one person said, I don't think this is right. Everyone else in the classroom went, oh yeah, no, that was the worst. I was wondering about that too. I was just going to skip it. I wasn't even going to put it in. <laughs> I didn't even know. And then you have one guy go, what, but you know, four plus four isn't five. And you're like, it's two plus two. <laughs> what question are you on? Where have you been? And then, but everybody had that sigh of relief because one person was brave enough to speak up and say the thing. And that's, that's where the leadership comes. It's not um, necessarily the smartest or the fastest or, or the bravest. It's the one who found the courage first to say the thing that needed to be said. And so a lot of the work that I do is coaching people on how to, first of all, discover your stories to exemplify those things. And then for you to, to come out and say the thing that maybe you're coveting. And the, one of the best examples that I ever saw of this, one of the greatest talks I've ever witnessed, I was helping uh, coach a group um, in uh, uh club uh, an online coaching group that i was affiliated with and the the host that ran it uh, it recognizing that one of the strong leadership skills being public speaking uh, had encouraged a lot of the participants to to step up and speak and she had brought in a wonderful speaker by the name of mark groves who coaches on relationships and mark's following is primarily female so you have like a 90 percent female following with a 10% male. And so he was, he had a big draw and they, I think they rented out the room. They probably had two, 250 people come and 10 people who spoke up got to have uh, eight to 10 minutes on stage and kind of be this showcase prior to Mark coming on and doing his thing. And he usually free flow riffs for about an hour and a half coaching people live in the audience on relationship stuff. One of about midway through the program, this one uh, woman came up and she talked about uh, the moment that changed her and her husband's life. Uh, and she started to tell a story about, you know, how her husband and her had started to um, be very complacent within the relationship. And one day uh, he was cooking and he had walked away from his phone and his phone uh, rang 
and she didn't mean to, but you know, when the screen pops up and the text messages just kind of come on, she could see a message from a name that she recognized that was not her that said, I miss you already. And at that moment, she knew uh, what had been happening in her relationship and what hadn't been happening in her relationship and the exposing of the infidelity within her relationship. And at that point, again, primarily female audience, all there for relationship advice from one Mark Groves went just, wow, they were on this woman's side. They were like, you know, you leave him, honey. He's no good for you. You got to do the thing. And, uh, and then she went on to say, and the hardest decision that I made was to reinvest into my relationship. And then you could hear the whole audience kind of with the record skip go, what? <laughs> and she went, you know, I had to take ownership for my part in that infidelity. And then, then you had a lot of people turn on her and be like, excuse me, honey, he didn't deserve you. You shouldn't apologize for. And she's like, no, no, no. A relationship takes two people. And we worked on this and I recognized that I wasn't meeting his needs. He wasn't meeting my needs. I was being passive aggressive with him. He shouldn't have cheated on me. We should have had conversations. I want to be really clear, but I needed to take some ownership in the state of our relationship and where it was and, and how we did it. And then this is what made this the most genius talk ever. She went on to stock talk. Now, remember, all these people are there for relationship advice. Mark Groves is the headliner and he he knows love and he really does. If anybody wants to follow him, he's a fantastic coach uh, for relationship advice and based on the West Coast. And uh, she goes and, you know, my husband and I have actually found that we have this passion for helping other people reignite and find their passion so that it doesn't get to this point. And if it has gotten to this point for the people who want to reinvest and want to stay with their partner, despite the infidelity, how to get over it. And so we've actually started coaching other people how to do this. And I know some of you are wondering how my husband would think about me standing up on stage and exposing our deepest, darkest secret. And if you're wondering, you can ask him, he's right there. <laughs> she pointed to her husband who's sitting two tables back and he was there and he was fully supportive of her. And she said, if anybody has any questions, because I'm sure you do, my time on the stage is up, but I will, uh, you know, if you want, we you can find me in the back corner and we'll talk. Well, nobody stayed to talk to Mark. <laughs> everybody went back to talk to them. And it was, it was a, a, everything that I've ever exemplified in any of my trainings from how to create intrigue, how to tell a story properly, how to pitch a service without pitching a service. Like all of that stuff was highlighted in this one talk, this one eight minute talk. I was so uh, proud of her for doing it because we had discussed previously whether it was a thing that she should do or shouldn't do. And again, I believe that the thing that you're afraid to say is the thing that your ideal audience needs to hear. And that was a perfect example of it where she was brave and i've seen it multiple times but that one in particular stands out to me because she was saying something that the majority of that crowd did not fundamentally believe but she said it in a way in a very controlled manner in a precise delivery that changed their hearts and subsequently changed their minds so mitch that would be my first advice to you. The thing you're afraid to say, very likely what your ideal audience needs to hear. And the more you explore that, the more you will draw the people to you that you need to be in touch with. And the more you will push away 
the people who don't need to hear your message, who don't want to hear your message, which by the way, in marketing is probably one of the best things that you can do is push away the people who you don't need to waste energy on because it allows you to focus your energy on the people who truly need to hear your message. That is simply, simply, simply gold. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting here soaking up as well because one of these days I'm going to get up in front of a bunch of people maybe, uh, but we'll, uh, I maybe not. Um, uh, but in any, in any event, if you want to go find out more about Sean, you can go to Sean Tyler You can buy his book, buy it from him. The name of the book is the power to speak naked. And we're going to talk about that in just a second, but go there. He's a coach. He does. A, there was a naked man on that book um, that you just showed. Oh, it's Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if it was? <laughs> this, this man works out and was able to be part of stock imagery. I, however, do not. <laughs> uh, let's just go with that. It's you. It's sell more books. It's, I love to tell people that it is me. And, and, and you can prove it by flipping to the back where you can see me. <laughs> so the back is to the front and the front is to the back is that what you're saying that's what i'm saying <laughs> it's so if you want to work with you the you can they can give you a call and you can coach them and and if or if you're a budding actor there's a lot of kids today that want to be uh an actor because they think the the life is glamorous and and it's a lot of fun and they can make a ton of money um Two I'm so glad you're sending me so many children whose hopes and dreams I'm about to crush. <laughs> Let me tell you about the unglamorous life of Sean Tyler Foley, <laughs> who you didn't know prior to this radio show and will fade into obscurity as soon as the radio is clicked off about the fame and fortune that comes with acting. Um, I do actually really strongly encourage children to get into the arts. Uh, if I didn't believe in it, I certainly wouldn't have put my daughter into it. She's way more famous than I am now she's done more gigs than i have in her eight years on this planet than i have in my 44 so I'm, I'm very proud of her and yes if anybody wants to know about how to get into the business and all the ins and outs of it by all means reach out i'm happy to help if you do it as a passion because you love to act and you love to be on stage and you love to present a character that's worth the price of admission if yeah. you're doing it to, to be rich, um, forget about it. As they yeah, say. if you want to be rich, become a petroleum engineer. Um, <laughs> but don't, do not, uh, under any circumstances, get into the arts. I mean, <laughs> they just went, the writers uh, went on a five-month strike just trying to be able to afford to feed their families. And the actors are still on strike because they can't. So, uh, like... <laughs> This is this is not that lucrative career of, of fame and fortune, but it is an incredibly rewarding career, as you said, if you uh, want to feel connected, first of all, with your community. Oh, man, get into your community, local community theater. I promise you they're starving for participation in community theater, absolutely starving for it. And uh, we'll never turn you away. And it's a great place to um, to be connected with your local community, to find friends, to find yourself. Uh, to explore your passions and your hobbies, uh, find a community theater group and get involved. Absolutely. Hey, Mitch, what did you think of the advice uh, that uh, that Sean gave you? No, I think it's, I think it's great advice. It's advice I've never had before, so I'm soaking it in right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. but no, well, that's, and, that's awesome. And Mitch, I think that's that 
unto itself is is something to focus on whenever you are presenting. And again, right? Inspiration comes in any place and form. So whether you want to be a motivational speaker, an inspirational speaker, uh, I would argue that all speakers are. You know, one of the best speakers that I've ever worked with and whose program I've actually invested in and followed, um, Phil Town, I think, is a motivational speaker, but he's he's an investment guru who runs a program called Rule One, and he shows people how to trade on the stock market following um, Warren Buffett's rule, which is rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, see rule number one. And that's how his whole company got named Rule One. Um, and but Phil, you know, if you ask him, he's a financial guru. I think that's actually how he plugs himself anytime he does any kind of media appearances, financial guru. But to me, I find him to be a both motivational and inspirational speaker because his story, when he tells it, you know, he's um, ex-military. I think he was in the Marines and then he was a whitewater rafting guide after he served. And that's where he found his mentor who taught him how to invest. And he show he made his first million dollars in uh, five years. And he says, anybody can make a million dollars in five years if I can make a million dollars in five years. And, and it's true. You know, he has a very replicable system and he just shows people how to do it but that to me is motivational right so you find that little bit of advice that only you can give and you expound on that to the people who need to hear it and you are now a motivational speaker and and have the ability to impact and, and change lives and so i i don't think again it doesn't need to be the tony robbins firewalk to change somebody's life even if it's just that one little bit and you don't have to be the the expert in that field either. I think so many people wait until they have this, these years of experience and knowledge. I strongly believe that as long as your ideal audience is you five years ago, right? What do you wish you knew five years ago? And then speak to that because A, then you can tell through your story. Nobody knows your story better than you. And nobody's lived that experience the same way that you have. So if you speak to versions of you five years ago, you find that 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 niche of where you were and what you wish you knew and what you did know and where you were at, where you were trying to get to and, and the pitfalls do it. And you try to ease somebody else's suffering just a little bit from your own learning. That That's where you find your groove and that's where you can really have impact and change people. Does it help when you're good looking, thin, and a great voice? Yes. And so Mitch is perfectly set up to be a motivational speaker. Dang it. <laughs> Don't knock oh, yourself, too, Kevin. Too you kind. look good and have a great voice, too. You have a very commanding presence, sir. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, Mitch, it's time for a break. Would you like to take us to break, please? Sure thing, uh, everybody uh, that's listening right now. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150. We have Sean Tyler Foley here. Go and check him out at his website, SeanTylerFoley.com. It looks like you can receive a free drop the mic course. Um, receive, yeah, speak more and magically attract your dreams clients um, and also order his book. So go check him out. We'll be right back after this commercial. 
Well done, sir. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. Hello, everybody. If I could have your attention, please, I have an important announcement to make just for you. As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place, and because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week, based on a 13-week commitment, and as our partner, we are vested in your success, and we'll do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro, and let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. Anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there, I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet in our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and and I meant that sincerely. Welcome to my dream. Because this is, in fact, what I've always wanted to do, and I love doing it. And we have a, a great uh, co-host and a great guest. By the way, Mitch, you did a perfect job at taking us out to break and, and, and gave uh, Sean all the information out there to them. To them our loyal listeners who would like to contact him and Sean, I got to tell you, I like all the shows that I do, but I love shows where 
I get to talk to someone like you because you are so intelligent and you've been doing this for a long time and, and you and you know a lot of stuff about it. And I just I just appreciate that. Well, and I appreciate you saying that, Kevin, because now I have a soundbite that I can clip and play back to my wife anytime we get into an argument. <laughs> <laughs> well, but she knows how talented you are too, and and your daughter knows how talented you are too. And uh, being an eight year old, and uh, uh, it's 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 great to have a parent who understands the troubles and trials of going through auditions and stuff like that as well. Well, and I think one of the nice things too is um, we do have really good open communication in in the house. Um, probably because my wife is probably easily the smartest person I've ever met in my life. I was like, I am marrying up for sure. Um, and that, that is, that trend has continued with our prodigy and, uh, or progeny. She's both. And so I have found that, you know, even when we have disagreements, they are, uh, quite civil. And we talk them out. And even when they get heated, we know when to walk away and when to come back. And I remember uh, Kenzie coming to me, my daughter, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the auditions changed. And they were no longer, you know, you didn't get dressed up and go to the room and meet the casting director and go in. I think one of the things that she liked about acting was the social aspect of it. You know, when she'd go to a casting call, there'd be other kids. She got to play with the kids and then casting director would call her into the room and daddy couldn't go into the room. It was just for me and the casting director. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And she would go in and she would do her thing and then she would book the role and then off she'd get to go. And then she'd get to my daughter acts purely for craft services. So I don't know if anybody out there knows what craft services is, but craft services is this table with snacks that they put out for the talent and the crew uh, in between takes. And you just go and you eat. That is all she does. She can we go to craft services? That's all she wants. Will there be craft services? There will always be craft services, love. Then I will do this show. <laughs> the paycheck is irrelevant. Craft services is what's important. But at the at the beginning of the pandemic, when they stopped doing the auditions in the room, it took away the social aspect. And all of a sudden, daddy was the casting director and the reader and the videographer and it stopped being fun because instead of going to a place, we went down to the basement and she got to record in the studio. And that isn't fun. The studio is daddy's studio. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the screen. Well, that you have I craft my services toys. or <laughs> I could, I right. Mitch, that is what I was missing. If all that I did done is put out some gummies and some cookies and some chips and some granola bars and maybe some tea, then she would have been happy, but I didn't do that. And that's not, that's not part of the audition process. So she, she had come and she said, I don't want to do this anymore. And we said, fine, we don't do it. And I said, and, but we were able to have the conversation. Why don't you want to do it anymore? And she explained, well, you know, it's not fun going into the basement. So I let my agent know that until we started in-person auditions again, Kenzie didn't really want to do anything. Two and a half years later, the in-person audition started up again. Literally the first audition she went to, she booked. Cause you know. Uh -huh. She likes to rub her success in her daddy's face. <laughs> well, I, I do have a question for you then in, in regards to that. She's a, a young person. She's what, eight? Eight, yeah. Now, her life transition is ahead of her. Um, and going through the teenage years and then becoming an adult 
and and as an actress when you're having success at an at the tender age of eight how are you going to prepare for those changes where she may not be suitable suitable for some roles and stuff and how are you how are you going to help her deal with that because that child actors have got um in some cases have got issues with that well so first of all i think child actors get this bad rap because it seems to be a rare thing but it really isn't uh, we have child performers all over everywhere. You can, again, go to your community theater, go to your local theater group. Seattle has a wonderful theater, both professional and amateur theater. And I promise you, you are seeing children act all over the place. They're just not famous. I don't think the problem is with child acting. The problem is when you get fame and money at a very young age without any oversight or guidance or moral grounding. And um, I think that's when you start to get into problems. So you have like the Macaulay Culkins of the world who are forced to uh, or allegedly forced to act based uh, upon their parents' wishes, who then took all the money from them and then they didn't have the money. Um, or you have some of these other, you know, children who uh, were exposed to things that they really shouldn't have been exposed to at a very young age, the drugs, the partying, the alcohol, a lifestyle that was very adult and they're very much children. I think the majority of child actors had the experience that I had. And that was, you went to school, you still had to go to school. You are nobody famous because nobody outside of a very small handful of people know that you're doing this thing and you get to earn some extra money that goes into a trust until you're 18 or 21 or 25. So you don't even get that money. And your parents don't get that money. Your parents get to take a small percentage of it because uh, that's unionized and negotiated. So they're pay taking maybe 20 or 25%. That is dictated has to go towards you and your well-being. And they can only take a small management fee. And so you, you earn this money that you don't have access to until you are old enough to know what to do with it. And I am so thankful that my mom, being an accountant, uh, did uh, put our money uh, into a trust that didn't unlock until it was 25. Because at 18, if I'd have been given that money, I would have spent it all on Lego. And at 21, if I'd have been given that money, I would have spent it all on Lego and goalie gear. And luckily for me, I got it at 25 where I was mature enough to only spend a little bit on Lego, some of it on goalie gear, and then the rest on my education. I still got my goalie gear in but I would have blown it all at 21. And the nice thing is too, is I, I gained more money. Like at 25, uh, th those five, those extra four years um, grew my trust fund by over 40%. So wow. my mom was again, super smart because now I had my education and my goalie gear in Lego. <laughs> you got it all. So, yeah. yeah. So to your original question for Kenzie, the advice that I always give her is she doesn't want to do it. We don't do it. So like there was a role uh, she was auditioning for and um, it had the, when the casting had sent out the breakdown, it had actually come with a warning. It said, you know, this is a graphic and violent scene. We need the children to react appropriately. They won't actually get to see the thing, but we need to see the reaction. And when I explained the scene to Kenzie, she's like, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to do that. Okay. So she always has the power to say no. And I think as she matures and grows, first of all, she may not want to continue doing this business. She's already walked away from it once. And she may walk away from it again. 
It is not my job to help her find her path. It's her job to find her path. I am just there to be a Sherpa along the way and take as much of the weight off of her as I can so that it's easier for her to summit those summits. That's my job as a parent. And so if she wants to get in and pursue the arts, I will continue to do that. If she changes her mind and wants to do marine biology, she can do that. If she changes her mind and wants to be an artist in traditional arts, you know, whether that's music or, or painting or pottery, I don't care. She can do whatever she wants. If she wants to go chase the mad, mad bucks and become a petroleum engineer, power to you, you know? <laughs> That's, that's what you do, sweetie. And I will, I will always support her in that. It's why we send her to the school that we send her to, because, you know, it is it, an incredible environment. It's again, one of the things that we like the most about her school from the first grade, she had to do public speaking. They have student led conferences. So where you would normally have parent teacher conferences. Uh -huh. We don't have those. We have student led conferences. We go to the school, the students lead us around. My daughter teaches us and takes takes the reins and then they have public speaking as part of the curriculum from first grade to 12th and i i'm so happy with that school because of it i can tell you being a former sales manager of a lot of different people over a long time that the people that were gifted in the arts were much better salespeople. They were much better employees. They were much better managers because the art of communication and the art of listening, as you have so eloquently said, is really, really, really important. And by the way, you're a hell of a dad. I, If I was a kid, I'd want you to be my dad, too. Well, I'm glad you feel that way because right now I don't know that she feels that way. Cause She's eight years cards, old. Yes, her Pokemon cards got taken away this morning and me and her are not on good terms. But we will resolve that when I can get off of the call today. And uh, once I, I'm done being the guest on your wonderful show, Devin, I, we, me and her will have a discussion about how she can get her Pokemon cards back and hopefully smooth it over by bedtime. I, I wish you much success in that, sir. Um, Mitch, do you have any questions, any thoughts? I think Mitch is frozen. Nope. Yes, but back. now we're back with Mitch. We're back. With... Any thoughts, Mitch? Almost made it a full show without an internet connection. Um, any thoughts? Yeah. Yes. I have lots of thoughts. What kind of thoughts do you want? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I got thoughts. I got thoughts over here. I got thoughts over here. How much you got? What do you got? What do you want? I got, I got two thoughts for days. I okay. got three for one spot. Hey, you know what? I know the ticket ticket guys down the way. They'll sell you thoughts, but they're not good thoughts. I got the premium seat thoughts. What thoughts do you want? <laughs> yep. And these thoughts, I don't just hand them out to anybody. All right, Kevin. Got to earn that trust. It's about family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What have I done? Uh, no, I did have a question. Um, what, how did, how did you come up with the, the title for your book? Um, talk, is, talk naked to me, right? Yeah. The, the power to speak naked. I'll talk naked to you when we're off air, Mitch, <laughs> off air. Can't do it on air. Gets us. I'm sorry. I was looking for the title on the website. Yeah. yeah, no, the, yeah talk the naked power, to me, power of naked. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. The Shun, power to speak naked. Yeah. The power to speak naked came about, um, based on the bad advice that most people get to picture their audience naked. And when we were brainstorming the title, um, I'd asked, you know, what was some of the advice that you'd gotten when you were first thinking of public speaking? And they said, Oh, well, you know, you picture your audience naked. I said, that is the worst advice. I'd rather give somebody the power to speak naked than to ever have them do the disservice of picturing their audience naked. And that's how the title came. I love it. 
I mean, if I'm up there naked and I'm talking, I'm really not going to care too much about anything else. I'm already naked. I'm telling you, it is the most freeing experience you could ever have giving a presentation. The only people who feel awkward doing it is the audience. <laughs> They're like, why did we agree to come to this? This is stupid. Oh, it's, goodness. it's like that new the, that show that's out there new that uh, came from England that uh, is like the dating game, only they do it naked. Oh, are you talking about um, are you talking about the the one where they're out like so the survival one? No, that's no, naked it's, and it's, afraid. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, it's this is a different one. We'll talk about that again at another episode because we've run out of time. Sean, thank you so much for being here. Go to SeanTylerFoley.com. Find out all the information about him. Get the book and be naked when you speak. That's No, that's not it, but that's close. Uh, and I want to thank everybody for being here. We will be here on Friday and then again on Friday. And by the way, be kind to one another because each other is all we've got. We'll see you Friday. Thank you.